0: Redeemer family, welcome to the fifth week of the Lent Conversations podcast. Uh, I got Pastor Mac back with me again this week, talking about the devotional theme of Restore. So I wore my shirt that says Restore right in the middle, just for good branding purposes. Uh, But I'm going to read Psalm 80, which is the Psalm we're focusing on. And then we're just going to jump into a conversation on Restore. So let me read that, and then we will jump in. Psalm 80. Hear us, Shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might, come and save us. Restore us, O God. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smoulder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You've made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors, and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it, and it took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. Its branches reached as far as the sea, its shoots as far as the river. Why have you broken down its walls so that all who pass by pick its grapes? Boars from the forest ravage it and insects from the fields feed on it. Return to us, God Almighty. Look down from heaven and see. Watch over this vine. The root of your hand has planted. The son you've raised up for yourself. Your vines cut down it's burned with fire at your rebuke. Your people perish. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand. The son of man you've raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So right off the jump here, this psalm, as I read it, you know, it's got this refrain in it. Restore us, make your face shine on us that we may be saved. And the really big idea of the devotional is this idea that restoration is God's project. Like this is what God does, right? It's it's part of who God is to to restore. Um, And so the problem, I guess, in our lives often is that we don't look at the areas of our lives that need restoring, right? We want to be a people or we are formed in a culture of like have it all togetherness. Yeah. Um and this psalm, I and in my opinion, causes us to think about that, whether we do really have it all together or whether when we're honest with ourselves, we too would say, Restore me, God, right? Mm-hmm. So what does it look like for you, Pastor Mac, to look at your life and look for the places that need restoration or or healing, even if if you like that word better. But you yeah, know, how what does it look like for you to look for those places in your life on purpose?
1: Um, it looks like what I do every day, and <laughs> <Sitting, laughs> contemplating on my own brokenness and, and longing for the Lord to restore. Uh, I think for me, um, for me, the challenge often is to not, not necessarily not be aware of where I need restoration and where I need healing, where I lack, but to actually trust the Lord for healing and restoration to actually seek him to mm-hmm. actually, take advantage of opportunities to engage God in a way that is healing and restoring, to engage community in a way that's truly healing and restoring. and I think that's where the challenge is for me, uh, because I, I'm just one of those people, you know, I'm an enneagram Four. you know, I'm always, I'm always overly conscious of this is bad, this is wrong, you know. Mm. Um, But the problem is, becomes that I, I get crippled or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm stuck there. I'm not moving, you know, from, from that particular position, even though I can sense God calling me, even though I can sense, you know, things, opportunities to connect and to be loved and to love. I, I tend to just stay there, man. Yeah. What about you, brother?
0: Yeah, that's that's really good. And I think yeah. you know, since you went there with the Enneagram, I'll use some Enneagram language also. Um, yeah. And so if you don't know what the Enneagram is, you'll have to go look it up. But I'm an Enneagram yeah. One, which is the reformer or the perfectionist. And like yeah. you, it's not hard for me to see what's wrong in a situation. Sure. Like it's pretty yeah. easy for me to be become critical or judgmental as opposed to asking God, where we can partner to restore something whether that be in myself or others. And so for me, I can find it not difficult because I have what's uh, a lot of enneagram ones would would say is an inner critic. So there's always a tape in my head saying, you messed that up, didn't do that right, that wasn't perfect. Do that again. You're not good enough. You know, all those those voices. So it's not hard for me to recognize that I'm not where I want to be often. But I think – I love what you say about, like, trusting God to be the one to restore it because I think in Mm -hmm. my life I can be quick to, like, buy a book. Like, I'm a used book addict – that's why I'm sitting by his bookshelf. Maybe, but if if there's something in my life where if it's relational trouble or communication trouble, or there's something that I identify, I'm quick to get on, you know, thrift books and get two or three books in the mail, and then they'll sit mm-hmm. on my shelf until I read them, and then I'll read them and be like, all right, I fixed it, I figured it out, you know, mm-hmm. I did it myself, and I was strong, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm answering back to that voice as opposed to saying, God you examine me, you look at Mm -hmm. me, you tell me what you want to do in me and you restore me. And I think then what becomes the difference is how long it lasts, right? Mm -hmm. Like self, Mm -hmm. self restoration. It just has a short uh, lifespan. Like Mm -hmm. I I get thirsty again, you know, I get hungry again, which is kind of like what Jesus says, like, I'm the only thing that can satisfy you. And so I need healing again, I mess up again, or I stub my toe again. And I think, uh, where i've spent time either in counseling or with friends to really get into or trusted relationships to really get into the root issue that's Mm -hmm. where uh the most progress has been made where i say god this is this is out of my depth like i can't read a book to solve this problem i can't Mm -hmm. do enough self-talk or pumping myself up to solve this problem i need you Um, And so those have been places for me where where I've really tried to become more vulnerable and more open to God and others. Um, I don't know if you resonate with that or or you notice what are the things that are most helpful for you when you do recognize this is something only God can heal.
1: The biggest thing I think is rest, but true rest. True rest. And true rest often is not vegging out, it's not doing anything. True rest often is having meaningful connections, eliminating um, non-meaningful, meaningless, or, or um, you know, things that may be productive, but not necessarily nourishing. Eliminate those things from my calendar and then fill my calendar with things that are truly connecting practices connected myself in meaningful ways to God, connected myself in meaningful ways to community, my family, things of that nature. And that's usually the first step. And usually that that's that that that's a that's a huge help in terms yeah. of feeling restored. So yeah.
0: yeah, talk about those connections with God. Like what are your yeah, what are your personal go-tos? Your like yeah, what are your kind of favorites, I guess? The classic disciplines yeah. I'm sure, but yeah, give us more. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man. I think the biggest one for me largely is uh, the, I like to call non agenda time with God, mm. right? Time with God that isn't necessarily checking a box, time with God that isn't necessarily making me a better pastor or any of those things, time with God that just lets me be a son with God the Father,
0: That's right? That's
1: so good. Um, and just, I mean, essentially just being able to read the Bible and, you know, feeling like I just read this, I'm nourished, I don't have to write anything. You know, if I want a journal, I do. If I don't, I don't you know, repentance, God, I I messed up here. I'm sorry. I just want to just want to experience right now your forgiveness and unconditional love, you know, and just those times are, are important. Um, You mentioned counseling, which is huge for me personally, largely because as a, maybe it's not just as a four, but as a four, I tend to probably feel more live in those feelings a little longer. And it's extremely important for me to have a space to be with someone who one themselves has, has a connection with, the, with this God that I serve, that we serve. And to just be able to say, this is what's happening. This is what's going on, you know, and, and there's nothing's hanging in the balance, as I share, right? There is no danger. Um, you know, the, all there is is a safe place and it's just healing. The, the, mm. the, the, uh, the only thing on the agenda, so to speak, as I talked about unagended space, the only thing on the agenda is healing. The only mm. thing on the agenda is, is restoration, is connection. And so those things that I mean it's it's so important um, to have uh, that that as well a couple of my time just with God so
0: yeah, yeah that's really good so I mean I think yeah. the bread that I want to distill out of that for people is space is it like mm. you made space in your life and I think yeah. that's the challenge of Lent right and that's yeah. the challenge of lament is yeah. am I making space in my life for Lament am I making space in my life to look at the raw emotions I have, place them before the Lord and trusted individuals um, mm-hmm. and and see where what God has to say about it because yeah. um, so often I think we find ourselves hearing what everybody else has to say about it, right, and mm-hmm. even in our own minds, what our trauma has to say about it, what our history and relationships has to say about it, what our yeah. um, What this other person has that I don't have has to say about it, but we don't make the space to see what does God have to say about this? And then what does God want to do about it? And going back to that big idea is God wants to restore it. That's God's project is to bring it to um, its intended state. Like if we were made to flourish with God, then God is seeking our restoration, right? He's Mm -hmm. seeking our healing and and we've got to be willing to seek it too. You know, I even think about you know Adam and and right after they sin we read that in the lectionary this morning and God just says you know where are you you know and and I don't I don't think God is looking at him to like wipe him out cuz he doesn't right he's he's, he's just, just looking for him to to connect with him like you said and so i think sensing that seeing that knowing that the step for all of us or the encouragement is make space in your life for healing make space for restoration prioritize it um because you're no good to yourself or others right without mm-hmm. it um and and god god made you with a purpose and looks at you and loves you and so you're safe like you said you're safe which i think is really good news um, let's just shift gears a little bit and talk about the restoration of the world um around mm-hmm. us um I think that's obviously part of God's project too, right? Like how do we see the world begin to be more reflective of the world that God created? Nothing broken, nothing missing, everything as it should be. You know, Shalom, this idea of of Shalom. Um, What does it look like in your life to become attuned to the things in the world around you that God particularly wants to restore and that God wants to use you to be a part of that restoration? What's that look like for you personally?
1: Um, what it's looked like for me, I think the past week or so particularly, um, I just read and it didn't dawn on me because it's become so common for us, but, um, the past seven days, there's been seven mass shootings, Mm. you know? And so for me, it's been able to first just come to grips with things are really that bad, right? Mm -hmm. Things are really that bad. And to give space to lament that, give space to just say, God, things really are messed up, you know? Um, and then from there, for me, I start to consider what are people leaning into in the world? Like, what are they looking for? You know, you mentioned earlier that true restoration only comes from our Father, our God. Like, but if we're honest, there are people who are finding quasi-restorations and all sorts of things. Oof. You know, um, I, I'm thinking about people who, you know, there's a huge movement right now. And I'm not saying it's all bad or all false, but a lot of it is, right? This whole new movement of everything is energy and karma. Everything is energy. Everything's karma. Everything's an impersonal force that's running our lives and running the universe and all these kinds of things. And again, I'm not saying it's all lies, but at the end of the day, where's there is no comfort, right? An impersonal force Mm -hmm. outside of a God who truly loves us and is truly working towards restoration. Yeah. Impersonal impersonal forces are just going about as they go. God is going about for us, Mm -hmm. right? Why do we buck against that? You know, yeah. and so when I think about how can I be a part of this world, how can I be helping, I just feel like man if if I can find opportunities, creative ways as a pastor and just as another citizen of the kingdom, if I can find ways to to kind of impart into people the truths of this God who love us, who loves us. Both to say it and to embody it, you know, and also though you know and, and not to be combative with grace you know as, as kindly as I can, to also impart the fact that man brother that that impersonal force and those you know those those that karma no stones man, that's not gonna mm-hmm. that ain't gonna cut it man, you know yeah. they're the they're not gonna cut <laughs> it. so right, so those are the ways i've been i've been i've been trying to figure out how how am I doing that in the world, you know, so,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I think that's really yeah. helpful. And I think it, it really just like what it spurs in me is this idea that like as as the people of God who have been with God in a personal way,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we have a responsibility to make it personal for others, right? Mm-hmm. To tell them, and we talked about this on the formation moment a couple weeks ago, to tell stories of what God's doing in our world so that people can have a picture of true restoration otherwise mm-hmm. that foe or that quasi restoration will feel like good enough right because it satisfies us in the moment i think about that verse in is it timothy where he talks about the itching ears like yeah. people will have itching ears and so they will follow any whim or desire or, or flattering tongue and we're just in a time and culture where uh there's a lot of bad in the world we know that I think we're, like, collectively wallowing in it, mm-hmm. and then some of us have a hopeful presentation in the gospel to look towards the resurrection, and others don't, right? Mm-hmm. And I think um, as long as we live as resurrected people, which we're kind of, you know, two weeks early, but it's coming, resurrection's yeah. coming, um, then we ought to be starting to become the kind of people who say, like, yeah, I know the world's really bad, Um It's actually worse than we think it is, I think, but God is perhaps better than we think he is, right? More powerful, more able, Um, and if restoration is his project, then we know he's going to get it done because God has never failed at a promise. That's what the whole of scripture is to shape us into that reality to saturate mm-hmm. that reality in our lives that God's never not kept the promise. If mm-hmm. if we have don't have something, it's because it wasn't something that God promised us to have anyways. It's not because mm-hmm. God is withholding it from us, right? Mm-hmm. Um our father is the kind of father who gives his children what they need and who cares mm-hmm. for us. And so yeah, I I'm really Uh, marinating a lot these days on as we kind of come out of this covid reality as we start to get back to some sense of normal how can we become the kind of people that saturate people's imaginations with what is possible uh, with god you know Mm -hmm. in the kingdom because i think we've just seen we've seen the rule and reign of this kingdom on Mm -hmm. full display Um, and its kings don't intend all of our good right I know. But our King our King and Jesus does intend our yeah. good um, for us and others. And so I think that is something that I'm thinking about a lot in these days is, yeah, just how can we cry out for God's restoration when we see that brokenness and wait mm. for the way that God wants to restore it? Because it's not going to come in the ways that we might want it to. Um, mm. And that impersonal. Uh, approach I think comes from our our desire to be in control, yeah
1: right definitely. like
0: yeah. oh, I can hold these stones in my hand or I can yeah. you know rely on this thing um and and God just isn't isn't really that kind of God, so that's good, mm-hmm. all right, last yeah. kind of movement here question is um the question in the devotional says it like this, does my response to pain? in my life and in the world acknowledge God's ability to restore. So what do you think it looks like to be a person that's living in the acknowledgement that God's a restorer? And you talked about it a little bit, but yeah, Yeah. succinctly for the people, what does it look like? What's the vision we can give them for this is what it looks like to be a person that believes and trusts that God can restore.
1: I was, I had an answer to say succinctly. And then I just Mm -hmm. like, I don't know how succinct it is, man, but I think, um, I'll say it's twofold, and and they're both countercultural. They're both not not popular. The first is to allow yourself to feel. Mm. Um, Allow yourself to feel, and and I think, unfortunately, man, in in our culture, uh, feeling, again, it's just so unproductive, man, you know, and and we, we keep, you know, there's a big movement in Christianity that says it's not about your feelings, you know, just do what you're supposed to do, and And that's, again, not not completely untrue, but the fact of the matter is that those statements are probably founded on something outside of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's probably not something they arrived at by just reading their Bible. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, And so allow yourself to feel, allow yourself to grapple what's hard in the world and hard in your life. Um, Be honest about that. Um, You know, don't don't give in, especially for men, don't give into these ideas of toxic masculinity that you're not allowed to feel or cry. Um, Every great man I knew in the Bible cried and felt. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you you grapple with that in terms of your masculinity and things, you know, but, you know, allow yourself to feel. And and then secondly, know that God is truly concerned with how you're feeling, like, and and God is truly concerned with, with what's broken in the world. And, and what's going on. And one of the biggest things for me, man, has been, been just kind of leaning into, we talked about this last time, you know what leaning in means now, right? But, mm-hmm. um, but for me, just leaning into the fact that like, I'm talking to God, and God is actually listening, right? And God is not, he's not a grammar teacher, or, or you know, he's not looking for syntax. God is truly listening to my heart. Mm-hmm. and and he and he's okay with the pouring out of my heart like he's listening he's taking it in he's responding and that's huge man that's huge because that's that's a lot different than if God is just looking for me to get it right and he's just looking for me to say the right things and do the right things for him to move and that's just not the case so yeah I mean there is right and wrong please don't hear me say that that there's <laughs> no such thing that's not what I'm saying there is right and wrong I'm just saying that um to be able to feel and then to commune with God with those feelings not apart from them um you know and and uh yeah yeah and, and and to to believe that god is still working i guess
0: yeah that was that was, that was
1: yeah. as succinct as i can get it i tried
0: yeah no that's good i mean i think yeah. you know jesus wept right he did. is yeah. what i hear in that and i also hear like jesus in the garden right of gethsemane yeah. like god if there's any other way this can go down <laughs> let yeah. this pass from me you know sh- yeah. sh- uh sweating blood, right? Like yeah. we read that imagery and we know that um Jesus was every bit in into this, you know, as well into, in terms of being in touch with his emotions and crying out to God. And so all that to say what I heard you say was, look more like Jesus. And if you don't know what Jesus looks like, look in the scriptures and read and follow him and watch what he does and that will make us the kind of people who show that we're waiting on God to restore. I think the only things I would add or say from my perspective would be, we will be more patient. Um, Mm -hmm. we will be more free, uh, and we will be less anxious. Um, I think when we acknowledge that God's in control of this, he's for our good and he's for the restoration of us and the world, then there's just not a whole lot to be in a hurry about. There's not Mm -hmm. a whole lot to be anxious about. Um, Mm And there's and there's not a whole lot to doubt, you know, or be
1: afraid of
0: or be afraid of. Right. It starts to suck that out of the equation pretty quickly. Um, And so the encouragement for this week as we close is to make space, make space for God to show you in you and outside of you what he's looking to restore and trust that he'll do it. Um, Trust that he'll do it. And. Um, I think this will hopefully this conversation will anchor us as we go through um, Passion Week or Holy Week or whatever we call it leading up to Good Friday and then looking at that cross where Jesus dies, you know, and feeling the weight of that. For those days of silence until we get to Easter. So we're getting to something really good. Um, We're going to talk about hope next week. So it'll be uh, a little bit more uplifting maybe, but I thought this conversation was dynamic. And so I hope it blesses you. Um, So thank you, Pastor Mac. Thank you, church. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions, um, reach out to us, Benjamin at RedeemerATL.org, Leon at RedeemerATL.org. We'd love to hear from you and um, have a great rest of your week. Peace.